These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard them say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Delighted to have you guys listening in to another brand new episode, episode 114. And today I'm joined by a new guest. Uh, so a big welcome to Tom, who's going to be on the episode. We're going to sit down and have a little bit of a chat about Tom's experience, Tom's journey with, with mental health. Uh, we also talk a little bit kind of in general about male mental health and um, and a little bit about social media and the role that that can play as well. I want to say a big thank you to you guys for continuing to tune in to the podcast. And I hope you had a great World Mental Health Day last week. Um, it was a really cool day for for me to get involved with stuff both at work um, and some other stuff that I was doing as part of the, the blog and the podcast. So keep a lookout for that. If it hasn't already come up, it should be coming out soon. Um, all the stuff that I did with Harley Therapy earlier last week. So I'm going to drop you straight into my chat with Tom. It was absolutely awesome to just sit down and have a, a chat. Again, someone else that I've spoken to a few times online, but never quite had that opportunity just to have a an actual conversation with that person other than in text format. So it's really cool just to sit down and have a chat with Tom and, and hear a bit about his experience. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of an issue with some of the audio, so um, do kind of bear with us a little bit on that, um, but hopefully it comes out okay and you, you enjoy the episode. Um, if you're interested in coming on yourself in future, remember you can find out all the details, get in contact with me over at mikesopenjournal.com. Okay, thank you very much for listening and here's the episode. What have you been up to in the last week? In the last week, I have been doing... Uh... Um, I've been doing my usual volunteer in which some of the people on my Twitter are aware that I'd be wanting Sims and Vice and Oxfam Bookshop once at Oxfam Bookshop and three times a week at Sims and Vice in my local area. That's really cool. So you do quite a lot of volunteering at the moment. Yeah. Is, yeah. 
is that something you've done for a long time, or is that sort of new for you? Because I, I wasn't. I think I knew that you did a bit, but I didn't know you did quite as much as that. Yeah, I'd, I've done it for the last almost three and a half years. I started in March 2015 to to now, so I'm still continuing with it. In oh British. wow, that's awesome. Um, I don't know if this is maybe going to lead into a little bit about maybe why you do some of that volunteering, but are you able to tell us a little bit about kind of your st- your your story or your journey um, with regards to mental health? Well, what happened in 2000? I was I, before 2000 and before November of 2013. I was completely well and completely well in myself, and then I when I left sixth form in two the summer of 2013 I just went downwards because of looking for jobs and everything and I just suddenly did, went well in mass, in, into myself and caused, caused all types of things, triggers and everything and then I went into bad health and then mental health and then I got sectioned and then everything twice and then 2014 I was discharged from hospital Was that quite quickly then by the sound of it after sort of sixth form finished? Because I started initial, I started I went to the job centre once and then as soon as that I applied for a job did really well and then I did some extra training to get my qualifications up. And then one particular day, was compl- we finally, the day before, and then it just all suddenly crashed onto me. Mm. And I started getting anxious and panicky, and then it caused about three panic attacks. And then ambulance had to be called. Doing sweat, I slept a few days in the front room and everything, so it was completely out of it and then got my mum rang up the crisis team luckily she had the number and I got some help initially mm. and then got the section by the Jan- January and then that, that I was there for two weeks in Burnley which is about 50 an hour away from where I am and, Lancaster's, wow. which is north of England, and then I went out of there for two weeks, and then I came home, and then even more things, which set went even more in a worse state, and then I went back in the March, and then I was sectioned then from March to the December, and one in a old mental health place which is closed down now and then I went to a rehab place from June to June to the following December and then and then I was discharged 13 days few days about 15 30 about 15 13 days if I can remember mm. Of the Christmas in 2014, and then it, I was. I've I've spoken to people before that have been 
um, sort of put into mental health units. Yeah. And there seems to be very mixed experience from the people I've previously spoken to as to whether they found that actually helpful or not. Um, did you find it beneficial in any way? or Initially, it was hard because I was away from the family because I've never been in hospital on my own, don't know many people mm. there. And it's just trying... You, you, you've got no... You've only got yourself and you with other mental health and it's that awkward stage of trying to find yourself within the place and trying to be doing something whilst you're trying to ensure that you're getting it. Ensure the light get yourself back together so you can take that onwards Mm. when you've left there. And do you feel like you, I don't know, learnt skills while you were there or learnt how to kind of manage your mental health a bit more? Before I was set... Before... Um, I was sectioned, I was self-resilient, courageous, mm. tough, everything like that. But it's restarting the, the, the engine almost. You break everything, you've got to start from piece to piece, and then you all combine it into what and make yourself whole again for yourself with the medication, which didn't help me. Mm. But uh, when I was initially and then they tried about death from medication but it didn't work for me at all I think that's a difficult side isn't it of we talk so much about people getting involved and talking about their mental health and there is that fear that you kind of lose a little bit of control over your own treatment and definitely maybe results in some people not coming forward and seeking help yeah I've always I've always I've always put my before I was unwell, I've always put my health, and that was one of the rare examples that I knew my own, I knew what I was feeling before I came unwell, which may seem a bit surreal to many people, but it's being self, I've always put my health before I was sectioned, which actually was a saving grace, because I knew I wouldn't, medication wouldn't work for me, so I knew what I had eventually would help me back to who I am today and to all my friends I've made on social media. I think linked into that, I'd be really interested to hear, like now you are kind of looking after yourself, you're so active with the, especially online, see you doing... (laughs) Lots of stuff and getting involved with different conversations. And are there are there some things like kind of being online and social media that have really helped you? Do you think, or has it hindered you in terms of your recovery? It's, it's a very interesting one because initially it was a barrier because I was putting everything online and everything like that, and you just think, well, I put this. I put the, everything, I was just, it just being too open and realise, mm. you, you maybe help, it's best to just 
take a bat because it, the, I think as well the mental health hashtags when I was unwell in 2013 were only in the infancy really because there was no hashtag of sort because I never used to go in the hashtags because I used to go and talk about my other interests which I had instead of looking through hashtags and all that type of stuff. I think, I think um, when you try and think back as well, I, I wonder whether I was even really involved with online conversations at that stage. I think I, I probably was just posting stuff and not really talking to anyone. I think just like, oh, today's been okay, oh, the football was rubbish, oh, whatever. I don't know that I was really engaged in any conversations then. I guess that's how it's changed for me. There's an interesting one because I was just chatting about normal things, interacting with people, because the most interesting thing, because on Twitter you get an interesting contradiction here, the, the most, some of the most active accounts are always tweeting something, but they... But some of the most quietest accounts that you see retweets mm. all the time, and you think it's good to retweet something, but you think, are they okay? And then, and then if you and everybody, and then there's some people who are more open, are they okay as well? Exactly, or um, balancing balancing cups on a I think, um, I can't remember if we were involved with, with this conversation. I've seen it pop up a couple of times on Twitter where people talk about, oh, it's great to be there and support other people, um, but also the struggle that people maybe have where actually like you might be struggling a little bit too in that kind of role of, I guess being a, an advocate or a campaigner or a, a supporter that's, um, that's, at the same time as struggling yourself. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I've always... I, I, I've tried to be an advocate of such on my social media, like with morning things and everything, like and night time, but I try not to aim for big, big likes... Just try and get the message. Be trying to be cute with my words almost. So the message gets out to people without getting too much out because in minute waves you expose so you retain some of your own independence and self without st stressing too much about it. Mm, I think that's... I don't know. I guess I guess it's just the the environment that you're that you're in, and if you want to be a, a campaigner, then to some extent it is going to be um, a bit of a struggle sometimes for ourselves, and it's for us to kind of have that open conversation and be able to check in on people, but also be aware of what what we're going through as well. Yeah, it's just trying to like I always say to someone who's struggling, all my sending all my support because I know I have my support. And then just say thank you, and that's all. Because you don't want, because it's like if you, if it was like a friend of yours, you would ring them up or something. But with Twitter, you just want you you want to chat about them privately, but you don't want to 
given too much which review thing mm. and that. So all them ethical ba- balancing acts where you're trying to get it perfect for that person whilst looking after yourself as well. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there is an ethical thing there and there is a, a self-care element to it as well. So uh, put, like, putting it around yourself, even like some of... It's like some advocates, no perspective, and I respect them when they say, oh, I'm a break and everything, but you think it's good to have a break without the people telling you, and it could help you as well because you, you don't want to leave yourself under more pressure to just um, that, but it's all, it's all individuals at the end. They're all individuals, and we all deal with things differently. Mm, that's right. And kind of, I guess, moving on from... You were speaking earlier about your um, your experience with with mental health care and being in a mental health unit. Um, yeah. How are you doing at the moment? I'm doing very well, thank you. That's really good to hear. <laughs> um, and it's it's really interesting to hear kind of you reflect back on that time as well. And it's it nice be- to be able to hear someone sort of speak about. Actually, yeah, there were some useful things in there. It wasn't all great, but there were some useful things. And I think most of the time, there's going to be sort of negative and positive. Yeah. And it's being able to recognise, yeah, do you know what? Maybe it was 80% negative, but there was still 20% positive in there somewhere. And yeah. we hold on to that bit. Yeah, because you've got to fight. It's, it's much more than medication. Like medic, medication is good for everything. Like medication can help, mm. yes, it can help some, it doesn't help others, but sometimes it's a bit of realizing that self is the most important thing as well. Yeah, and I know we were going to talk a little bit about kind of men's mental health as well, and I think yeah. that that difficult side of actually um, like sitting down and having that conversation and and um, I mean, it's a bit different because we both know we're going to sit here and we both talk about mental health. But just to, to sit down and have you talk about your experience in mental health care, um, being able to ask you what that experience was like and having an open conversation is something that generally, and I am being stereotypical, um, men would be less likely to have that conversation out in the open, I think. Um, I don't know. What, what's your view on sort of men's mental health? We've, we've still got a lot it's an interesting one some men are really in tune with mind body and soul but we, we, but we are still we're still completely still um, in we've still got a long way to go to develop a male familiarity and understand we have the same problems as females do because our mind is complete, is very st- more under more stress, really. I think it's interesting as well. I, I've seen more and more of yeah. the um, like personal trainers yeah. um, and the, like the fitness guys 
starting yeah. to talk about kind of mental health and the importance on the on the mind of yeah. you, what you're doing with the body and I think that's really cool but I yeah. do wonder how much sort of how much does that side come across when we're younger when we're children because yeah. I think boys are are maybe more naturally drawn to sport and running around and less maybe oh yeah, stereotypical less academic side um, and actually there's a really nice message that's starting to come across, but I think it's predominantly coming across maybe with adults, and I wonder if that could be incorporated more at a younger age. Yeah. Do you think when you were younger, was mental health or your brain or your mind ever really spoken about? Yeah, I've always been honest with how I'm feeling always, but is it, is it because... Is, is because we, we we are none of them run we we are we are the most we are in we are still we all geared towards sport and doing the bet because most men are doing big things but we never we wanna be sportsmen business People trying to lawyers, prime ministers, presidents. We're all geared up for the main things, but we always try. We, we, we all make. We all try our best to. We all have. We all when when a thing when a, what we got of radio, we just like. Toughen up with us, toughen up or something like that. When we we we, we do empathise, but we there's certain men that do care, like I do, yeah. my brothers do on social media. But we we just we we've got to be in tune with our emotions, which we don't always get right. I think you're right that so often we hear those phrases, don't we? Sort of man up, suck it up, like put on a brave face or whatever. We have to use them still, but we have to be using them in the right situation, really. It's, 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 we all, it's, but we have to be, sometimes we've got to use them in, we've got to use them in more motivational than trigger type feelings i suppose it's working out how how you're talking to people as well and i think um i don't know i i find the um particularly i guess the man up stuff i really don't like like the suck it up i guess i don't mind as much because like you say that could be a motivational thing right, right when you say um Talking like football when we say get up man, man up and up, it's like that. It can be a bit tough and just instead of being soft with that type of bow or something, bad foul. But if it's just like it's, it's not needed in a, a mental don't really need something that we see but not a trick a trigger because it's a it's completely because it can be black, blind on a trigger can be blind and is a can be t- 
probably as a brand thing as well as um I suppose one of the things that I'm not as keen on with the like the man up phrase is it I think it implies that men should be or are stronger. And yeah. I'm like I know some beastie women that are very like strong physically, mentally, and I'm like, man, the idea that there's some dude out there that's stronger than them. <laughs> We've got to be strong, but we've got to be vulnerable, if you know what I'm... Yeah. We've got to have our vulnerable side, which we don't realise as men as well. I think... Um, can you can you kind of remember, I guess, the, the first time when you sat down and had a kind of a conversation about your mental health and how you were feeling? I did it really straight... As soon as I was feeling down, I just knew straight away I wasn't. I knew I wasn't right in myself first, and then others noticed, and then they, they got the, and then they helped me with through it. Do you think at that time though, were you were you feeling just like a little bit low, or were you kind of really into the illness already then? Feeling low. Which is always a sign when you feel well beyond your normal thing, mm. and then it's just realizing if it's just flat, is it if it's a flat line and you're just staying on that flat line? Yeah, you're just thinking, and there's no right ways, wisdom, line up or anything like that in your head, and you just feel like that. Yep, yeah, I'm feeling wrong because you just think. No, you've got to have some wise in it, or if you don't have a wise, you know you'll be down and down, not very well. Mm. I think it is that it's. I guess as well. I suppose, like you said earlier, it's about having that conversation and being able to realise, like, am I just feeling low today, or actually have I been low over a long period of time, and this isn't really changing. It's just remember. It's no. It's every. It's like every. Out. It's just like trying to monitor yourself. What wake when I. It's like with me. I always wake up sad. Because everything you may not know what's happened overnight. Mm. You've got to feel a bit. You have to. You just feel sad, and then you realise. Gotta do. Can do it today, and everything like that. But just do it inside instead of. In inwardly, and then you think, and then so I would go through the day, rise, raising up to be the person you can, and then just realize that, that right, I have some time for myself, and then do it again, and then got, and then allow time for yourself at the end of the day to just reflect on what you've seen and everything in the day and then without saying that without any thought or any opinion and then just allow your mind to just switch off and then feel sad and then go, wake up with that new day like that hmm. I think it is having that yeah having that bit of reflection as well like you say each day is a new day as well yeah, you've got to think, and also, and also trying to think of all the wisdom that you've accrued 
to use every day. It's it's a it's a hard thing to think. I shan't can't be be what is be wise because wisdom's mostly for others to use for the day, but also it's using it for remembering it for yourself to enact on that day. Hmm. Um, Do you find there are like when you were talking about having sort of these skills or tasks to keep you sort of well each day, are there some things that you find easier or harder? No, it's just, just, it's just simple, really. Focus on, reflect on what's happened in a day, but focus on yourself as well as others, if you know what I'm to say about that. Yeah, and I know you... Um, I mean, even just before we got on, I can see like in the last hour or so, you've been involved with loads of different conversations on Twitter and kind of making those connections. Yeah. Is that that, uh, like a site in particular that's been helpful for you or led you to have more conversations about mental health? I think it's because I I think it's the reason we like, I think it's just the reason why I think I'm helping others is it's just... Because it's so important, we've still got a lot of long way to go. But it's still a stigma each day and every day. No matter how much we break, there's always a stigma hurdle to overcome. Because there's so many interpretations out there to help so many, but no book or thing fits everybody. Even if it's for the general purpose of helping everybody I think um, I guess particularly we've spoken a little bit about men's mental health and I think that stigma really is there with with mental health still and and I think more so with men's mental health and the more we have people like yourself that talk openly about their experience and about mental health in general um, about wellness as well as illness I think is really important. Um, Have there been any particular people or campaigns that you found really useful? No, it's just being inspired by my own self instead of others, really. That's really cool to hear as well, actually, because it's it's your story and your journey. Because because if you think about it, who wants to read about a celebrity and what they do? I get fed up of listening to fan bases. You've got at the end of the day, everybody's unique. Everybody has a unique story, and being yourself is the most important thing you ever do before you can help others. Hmm. That's a really cool message to kind of start to round us off on, actually. I really like that idea of actually, if you're looking for someone to be inspired by, maybe have a look in the mirror. No, don't look at don't look in the because because some people it doesn't it's just looking at yourself as you are. It's not looking in a mirror because some of that they say I'm ugly and all that type of stuff. It conveys it's just looking at yourself mm. because you can't see your face all the time, can you not? So it's just being aware of who you are every day because you've got a smile hidden smile. Yeah, you know, you smile on the inside, yeah. And all them types of things, just simple things that make you happy and get pleasure out of the small things instead of the biggest things. 
Awesome. If um, if people want to find out a little bit more from you, Tom, how what's the best way for them to to kind of find and have a chat with you? Um, the best ways to contact me are at Twitter. It's Tom Kennelly Free, which is T O M K E double N E R L E Y and number three, and then. Anybody can contact me by a private message if they prefer about things, and you can email. You can, if you want to chat to me, I will be happy to give give anyone my number once you've chatted to me, so I can talk to you, talk to them about it, and also it by email or and then other things. Cool. So if they have a look on Twitter for you, and like you said. Um, Tom Kennelly 3 and then they can have a chat or DM you or whatever and kind of start a conversation and, and yeah. talking and I know you love um, you love your sports and stuff as well so um, I, I, I love anything <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I so I think if, um, if you want to find out a little bit more about Tom definitely go and have a look at those links and uh I'll leave um, a little bit of a clip at the end with um, some more information about that. But thank you very much for coming and sharing your story, Tom. It was awesome to hear from you. And awesome to see you, mate. And we'll chat soon on this podcast very soon. And good luck with everything with Jody about the listening campaign. And send her all my best work. I will do. Thank you very much. Bye. These are not real people. They have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate it. Yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard him say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it. And they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.